Welcome to Rast Talk, a podcast on recirculating aquaculture and sustainable food production. Brought to you by Rastec, the premier publication for Rast professionals. Hello and welcome to another episode of Rast Talk. I'm your host, Marilyn de Guzman. I'm usually joined by Brian Vinci as co-host, but today Anna de Coco is filling in for his spot. Anna is a fish culture technician at the Conservation Fund Freshwater Institute. Welcome, Anna. Thank you, Mary Lynn. Um, when Brian asked me to not only be a guest but co-host, I thought, well, I'll take on this challenge. So thank you for having me. Yeah, that's great. We're, it's good to have you. So Anna's participation is no coincidence as, as it has to do with our topic of discussion today, and that is women in rest. We are going to be talking about the role that women play in the aquaculture industry and in particular in the RAS sector. So Anna, tell us a little bit more about your role at the Freshwater Institute and how you got started in this industry. So at the Freshwater Institute, I'm a fish culture technician. I'm still fairly new in the aquaculture field. I only have about two years of experience under my belt. Um, I started out after graduating with a marine biology degree, just trying to figure out what I wanted to do with that degree. Um, Most people hear that and they just think, you know, you want to go be an aquarist. Um, But that wasn't exactly my cup of tea. And I found a um, hatchery up in Alaska that raised salmon that I worked at for a season. And after that, I knew like this is what I enjoy doing. When I finished that season up there, I just started searching on Google fish hatcheries all across the country. And I came across the Freshwater Institute, which I'm from Pennsylvania. We are located in West Virginia, so it wasn't too far. They thankfully had a position open and I just applied and I've been there for about a year and a couple months now. That's great. I want to bring in our two other guests. First up is Astrid Buren-Holen. All the way from Norway, she's the head of innovation for land-based at, at, at Scale AQ. Uh, welcome, Astrid. Thank you, and thanks for having me. Very nice to be in this podcast for uh, with the topic of women and aquaculture. Great. Um, and also, we are also pleased to uh, have Christy Dimon, who is the farm operator at the Atlantic Sapphire's Miami Blue House facility. Welcome, Christy. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. All right, so we have all the women here. <laughs> Let's start with Astrid. So how did you get started in this industry and what made you choose this profession? I actually, I, I, I accidentally ended up in this profession. Uh, my background from before is, in, is within waste for the treatment from a pulp and paper factory here in Norway. And biochemistry and molecular biology and molecular medicine, all these kind of topics. But in 2010, I saw an announcement for a PhD position at the university. I applied and I got the position. And um, after 2010, I've been in aquaculture, working with RAS, water treatment, particle removal, and fish performance and technology development for RAS. So I was hooked. I found this profession really exciting. Good. And in, in uh, scale, if you, uh, I could talk about what I'm doing now, uh, in scale aquaculture, I'm doing um, I work as a head of innovation, but I also work as a senior advisor, and I also do a lot of dimensioning of new facilities, also training and education in RAS all over the world. That's interesting. Christy, can you give us a little bit about how you got started in this uh, profession? Sure. Um, I kind of went to school for marine biology, and I got out, and similar to Anna, I wasn't sure what I was going to do, so I applied for some positions across the country doing different um, aquarium work or biology work. And I ended up going to Alaska and working at a hatchery out there for two years. And I loved it. 
I always thought that if I could do that somewhere warmer, that it would be the perfect job. And now I'm doing salmon work in Florida. So yes, you and Anna have both uh, started in Alaska and moved somewhere warmer. Well, not yes. so much, Anna. <laughs> we still have better summers than Alaska does, so I'll take it. <laughs> All three of you ha are in different stages in your career. Some just starting out, some have been in the industry for a while. So, uh, some, so can you talk about some of the challenges you've encountered as you progress through your careers? Yeah, Astrid here, uh, I can start. Um, it, it's maybe not challenges, but maybe some hiccups along the way. Mm -hmm. uh, at least in the beginning, it was difficult to be to be heard as a woman. I, when I looked out on the audience, if I attended a conference, I saw only men, men in, in the 50s, 60s. Uh, so a lot of men. Um, I think that just by being a woman, I'm, I'm short. I, I have a uh, not a deep voice. Um, uh, maybe I they felt I was lacking authority. So uh, yeah, that was my first meeting with with aquaculture. But as long as you get uh, more into this, you you get more articles published. You got more experience, then people start to listen to you. Right. From the hands-on perspective that I've I've experienced, um, obviously as just a technician. Um, you have to do everything from the fish end to the system end, and it's it, it seemed that sometimes men don't think that women can do the the trade end of it, whether it be electrical or plumbing. Um, and so that's that's definitely something that you kind of got to prove to them that yeah, I can I can do the same thing, uh, maybe even better, be a little more creative with it or more uh, efficient um, at how to fix the problem. Christy. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, the, the physicality of the job and the hands-on part of it, I d I've designed a couple systems and I did everything from the plumbing to the electrical. And I think when you try to present that to an audience at a conference, they kind of look at you like, well, she didn't do the work. But then when they ask the questions afterwards and you can back that up, it's not only impressive to everybody in the room, but it makes yourself feel good that you actually got through this and you proved that you can do it. Interesting. Uh, as a journalist and editor, I've covered other industries in the past before I came into this industry. The observation is, is always that women sort of have to work a little bit harder than than their, their male counterparts for basically the, the same role. And um, there's also the, the issue of pay inequality. In terms of in the aquaculture industry, there's a lot of women, 70% of women are working in the seafood industry. Um, but most of them are in the low-level, low-paying types of jobs. There's not a lot of C-level decision-making positions for women in the aquaculture industry. What are your, your thoughts on that in, in, in terms of translating that in your own experiences, in your own environment? Esther here. Um, yeah, this is uh, exactly my impression as well. I've been around the world, world uh, on a lot of facilities and, see, and I see that there's quite a lot of women working in aquaculture. But if you look at the decision positions, like boards and leader groups, they are mostly occupied by men. Uh, and this is also the case here in Norway. It's not just a uh, Middle East problem or Asian problem or, yeah. So it's, it's, it's all over. And this is uh, quite a problem, I think, that women are not holding the decision-making uh, positions. Right. Is it more um, challenging to get into, specifically in the RAS uh, sector where it's the technology intensive sector um, like RAS um, and what are you seeing? Uh, Astrid here, I see that in RAS you also have uh, the biology and fish health positions. So, and those positions are mostly or very often, not always, but often occupied by women. 
so in RAS, I think it should be easier to have uh, women in, in the decision-making positions. We talk about it a lot. We have International Women's Day every year. And, you know, I, I wish it's International Women's Year. <laughs> It's you know, just the one month of the year that we uh, talk about this issue and we all see a lot of social media posts about it. And then the rest of the year, it's, it's just another issue. There's a little bit more of recognition now, but as a young person in the industry, like what what are your thoughts on it? I don't want to call it discrimination, but more in, inequities women in the profession has probably experienced. Even though I am the only individual on the fish production side, I have been seeing a little bit more like our chem lab is completely female. Our manager of the chem lab, um, she is actually around my age. She is young, but she um, she does great in the manager position. And I have been seeing, uh, I attended our short course when, within the first few months that I was hired at the Freshwater Institute. And I am seeing more younger females in normal tech positions that definitely have the, the ability um, and hopefully the drive to work their way up to those managers and those higher up C-level positions. Um, I guess it all depends on if, if they have the push that they really want to um, get their foot in there and uh, kind of kick some of the men out and take control. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, Christy, um, let's talk about Atlantic Sapphire. In a previous episode of Rastock, we had uh, the privilege of having Christine Espejo um, from Atlantic Sapphire, who leads the HR human resources at, at your company. So a company like Atlantic Sapphire, I think uh, those are one of the companies that recognize the issue of gender equality in the workplace. Can you talk about your experience in terms of women participation and in such a big RAS operation? Uh, I think this is definitely a great opportunity for women, especially with Atlantic Sapphire just starting up here uh, in Southern Florida. They're very good at training everybody that comes in and giving everybody the opportunity to advance. And then I think it's a lot of self-initiative and taking taking the responsibility of stepping up and pushing yourself to make those advancements within the company. Right. Um, can you talk about some of the challenges and opportunities specific to the RAS sector for women? Uh, this is Christy. Some of the specific challenges we have here basically is just the size of the systems and where the sensors and the different water quality sampling areas are and being able to carry the feed. Um, some of these bags of food are 40 to 50 pounds and you're hauling them up two flights of stairs or you're hand feeding. There's a lot of challenges just with being here and doing the physical work. Anna here, I, I definitely agree with Christy with that one. Um, when I was hired on, our production manager definitely had that concern, um, but it was also something that we've been able to kind of work around and try and hopefully come up with some uh, safer and uh, more efficient ways of doing things. I'm very petite. I'm only five foot, um, and both the two other production individuals, uh, they're six plus foot, and it seems like sometimes this industry really needs those six plus foot individuals, but if we can somehow tweak it to uh, make it easier for everyone, um, that'll definitely help draw more more petite and also female individuals in. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Maybe Astrid, as a technology provider, I guess, equipment provider for some of these environments, is that something that, uh, like the design of the facility in, in terms of heights and stuff like that, can you talk about the design process for um, RAS? Uh, it's a difficult question because I, <laughs> when I do a design of a facility, I do the design for for fish and for for having a having the the, um, the best water quality for fish. So 
I'm not really working on on the design for for people, but of course I've seen when I go around on facilities that they are mostly made for men <laughs> because yeah. uh, everything is so high up that you cannot reach anything. All the shoes that are for visitors are from for men and and also the coats and everything. So yeah, sure. And also the wardrobes or the the restrooms maybe should be. You you should have more focus on, on both gender when you when you design also uh, on that aspect. Yeah, I, I'm wondering if that, if that's some if that figures into the conversation when the company, the operator, and the design team is to come together and put that into some of the item consideration when designing a a brass uh, facility at Atlantic Sapphire. You know, you're build you're still build, in the building phase. Um, do you see that as a discussion point? Yeah, I think as it develops, um, the feeding systems are all going to go automatically, so you're not going to carry the bags of feed, you're not going to be hand feeding. We have moved some of the sensors around so that it's easier to calibrate and take samples. Let's talk about mentoring. Have you seen across the industry any opportunities for that where you're mentoring other women who's starting out in the industry? Yeah, Astrid here. Um, I always try uh, personally to be a good role uh, model and to to show everybody or show all the women that they can hold position in our culture that are not too comfortable because women need to get out there and put themselves in position that, and roles that are challenging, uh, such a leader position or president or, or a board, uh, director of a board. It is, of course, more uh, comfortable to occupy a lower level position and not stick your head out there. But uh, I always mm -hmm. encourage uh, women to be brave and do it anyway. It is fascinating and it's, it's, it's nice to, to have a position in a facility or in a company where you can uh, really make a difference. So just put your head out there and, and not, don't be afraid. And only because I think that men sometimes pretend to be more comfortable than they actually are. So I think that women mm -hmm. should more do more of that. If you are into topics that are not too com you are not too comfortable with, you should just fake it. <laughs> and uh, and because it's it's not it's not the end of the world if you're wrong in something. And just go out there and, and be brave. That's definitely great advice. It, it it has been seen that you know whenever you have a more diverse working group, you know you can overcome more obstacles. You have um uh you can be more productive and creative. And sometimes women just need to put their two cents out there because it could be something that a man could not have thought of. It is the business case for di diversity because, you know, there's different points of view and uh, we have to face it, you know, women and men approach things differently. And it's good to have um, different perspectives on things so that you can make better decisions. Um, Anna, yes. I wanted to ask you, are you searching or are you finding some sort of opportunities for mentorship uh, from women leaders in the industry? Um, I have not yet. That was actually one of my goals this year was to um, try and branch out a little more since I am so new to the industry and, and make more connections. Um, I was excited for the AIW that we were supposed to host uh, this month up in New York to get my face out there and talk to some individuals, but um, that's that's kind of been pushed on the back burner a little bit uh, with more priorities meant on just the fish this year. So what needs to be done? Are there things that you notice in the industry that needs to improve so that we can have more diversity? Um, we already have women in entry level role, but 
elevating them and uh, giving more pathways for them to occupy more leadership roles and decision-making positions within the company. I feel like that's all around just a, a hard question, not just for our industry as a whole, but for women trying to get up into those, those higher positions. Um, I feel like every industry is a little different and um, every every scenario also is, is its own little cup of tea. So. I think Astrid said it really well when she said you just have to be brave. You have to kind of put yourself out there and show that you can do what needs to be done and take leadership. And I think once you have a couple of those opportunities, people take you more seriously and it gives you room for advancement. Yes, absolutely. Women need to needs to be respected at the same level as men. So, uh, and they need to get the same authority as men. I have even experienced myself that in meetings, some men has uh, finished my sentences because they don't believe I can finish it myself. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, yeah. Wow. And also, if I uh, say something that this and that, uh, then they uh, they don't believe it before. They hear it from a man. So this is something that we should really work on. And uh, yeah, we should, we earn the same respect as everybody else. There's not a lot of purposeful study that takes a look at this issue. I think we need more studies around this. Don't you think? I agree. We need more studies around this. And I see that, for instance, uh, European Aquaculture Society and Aquaculture Europe, they had a session last year in Berlin. Uh, about this topic, and it was women in aquaculture, and I think it was well attended. And uh, yeah, we should do more like this. Yeah, aquaculture conference can be a, a starting point, right? You know, maybe a session that talks about this issue. Astrid here, <laughs> women already holding leadership positions should work to get uh, to do an extra effort in getting more women into leadership positions. Yeah, they're not highlighted enough, I think, um, and maybe you know, organizations such as ours, like Brastec you know, and the magazine and Hatchery International Aquaculture North America should focus on um, highlighting more women uh, in leadership roles, Hi highlighting them and their successes so that, you know, it, it creates that discussions around the industry and how the younger ones, you know, can have a path to towards those leadership roles. I, I definitely agree with that. Um, see, being able to see even in the, like your Tech magazine, us kind of holding up females and higher positions that that'll definitely you know give me more ideas of who to reach out to or um, what individuals uh, are female that are holding those upper positions uh, that would be worth going to from the media perspective in our mind when we're developing stories and looking for sources for articles we always have multiple sources with from different perspectives and backgrounds and genders i think that's important as well so I want to ask everybody, uh, what are some of the resources that you uh, that you use or people that you uh, speak to uh, for your careers, for your jobs? This is Astrid. Not in aquaculture-related role models, but two mm -hmm. role models that I look uh, really up to is uh, Michelle Obama and Dolly Parton. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. two strong yeah. women with really uh, uh, confidence and uh, uh, true confidence in in what they what they can and what they know and who they are. Um, yeah, so those are my, my two roles. Yeah, in aquaculture, uh, I had a really good uh, journey in, in the university. Uh, the professors, they were really aware and also very focused on uh, exactly uh, that 
topic, uh, women in aquaculture. So that was very fulfilling for me. And also I think that made me more confident and uh, who I am now in aquaculture. Anna or Christy? Um, this is Anna here. Um, when it comes to role models uh, in the aquaculture industry, I don't really have any set yet. For me, it's always just been um, my, my mom. Um, she's always been like the kindest person, but also the most driven. Um, and she doesn't take any sass from anyone. If it's something that needs done, um, she's in the, the health field. If it's something that needs done for the better of the individual, uh, she will definitely go for it. And I like to kind of keep that mindset. If it's something that's um, like the fish health comes first, if that's being prioritized or, uh, you know, neglected for something, um, I really always try to push and make sure we give them the best environment that we can. Uh, this is Christy here at Atlantic Zephyr. We have a lot of different backgrounds of um, micro workers have worked all over the country and all over the world in freshwater and saltwater. So there's a lot of experiences and a lot of people that you can go talk to and say, hey, what's a better way to do this? Or this happened today. What can we do to prevent that? There's there's just a lot of resources here and they're all very willing to talk and help you get ahead at what you're doing or teach you new techniques. Great. And I think that's an it's an important uh, point that you have all three of you have made is be be confident and be confident in your abilities and be confident in your skills. That that really goes a long way because there's not always a lot of opportunities uh, for women to um, present their views. This discussion is um, is not in any way to cast aspersions on the people in the industry, the male gender in the industry, but I think. I just I think diversity in the industry is always better, right? I totally yes, agree. I 100% agree with that. I, I want to add that one thing. Uh, when I go around the world on aquaculture facilities, what I see when there's a mix, mixed uh, gender uh, facility, it's always more tidy. <laughs> if it's just men, there's a lot of mess everywhere. Pipes <laughs> and buckets. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I guess one final uh question here I have is just uh, what do you guys think would be even if it's just one small thing we could do to help attract more females get them into the industry and interested in what we do here um, maybe be more active in lower uh, lower grade uh, schools uh, go out there to talk about the, the industry and show them that it's very nice uh, to work here it's an exciting industry I just love it I think seeing the facilities and maybe like talking to people that do work on the production floor and getting that information out there, because honestly, going to school, I was like, yeah, I want to go to school for marine biology, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. And then I ended up working on some fish tanks and really got into design and the rest systems. And I mean, growing up, that wasn't an interest that I had thought of. So I think having resources of showing the facilities that are out there would be helpful. Yeah, when we uh, construct construct or design or dimension the farms now, we always design them, or not always, but very often design them to be to be showcases, so people can come from schools uh, or from from the population around, or or uh, any anybody can come and and take a look at the facility and, and see what's going on. So yeah, that will attract more people, and that will attract more women if they see that there's already women working there. It's a nice environment. Yeah. and interesting topics. Yeah, that's great. Um, it's got me really thinking about some of the content we can develop to really highlight in aquaculture and, and the things that they're doing. We'll revisit this and hopefully it's more um, um, equitable in terms of gender diversity. 
Well, thank you again uh, for participating. And that concludes our episode. Hope you all stay well and stay healthy through these challenging times. Um, hopefully, we'll get back to, to work. I know we're all probably, you know, mostly working from home or practicing social distancing. So um, stay safe and keep yeah. well. Thank you all so much. You too. Thank you. That concludes our episode. For the latest RAS-related news, visit rastechmagazine.com. Join us again next time for another engaging conversation here at Brass Talk.